Welcome to the Homeschool Project Podcast. I hope everybody's doing great today. We apologize for the delay in this episode, but it was one of those weekends where life happened. Always fun with that. But moving on, this is episode 24, which is part two of why in homeschooling. And before we begin, As promised in our last episode, we wanted to start off with a listener question. I'm going to try to respond to the question as short as possible so we don't eat up on too much time here. But this mama states, so you choose the curriculum, but then how do you figure out what to teach each week? I assume that's from your state. Do you lesson plan every week what you need to teach that week? So to start off, I would say, yes, you should look at your state requirements and you can find those requirements on the HSLDA website. Find your state and they usually have on there the subjects that will be required. That's a great starting point. So once you know that, you're going to pick out your curriculum and most of the curriculums will actually give you a breakdown of what to do throughout the school year, like what readings to do each week. Now, what they may not include is what days to do it. So that's where you'll want to decide. So for like our science curriculum, it said at the beginning of the book, it says if you're following a more of a traditional 36 week schedule, then you would do at least two lessons a week. And then I just had to decide what days of the week I would do science. So again, most curriculums do that. I think if you're new to homeschooling, it would be great if you could pick out something that gives you a little bit more structure to help you in that first year or two. And then you'll see soon that you'll be like so many of these veteran mamas that just can pull it off on their own without any curriculum schedule help. I'm not there yet, so I can't, I can't say that one. But we did uh, follow a curriculum that broke down the entire year for me and what readings to do in each subject each week. I just had to figure out what, like Monday, we were gonna hit up these subjects, Tuesday and so forth. So. That's my best two cents as quick as I can give, but I am planning to do an episode later this summer on organizing your homeschool year so that it kind of helps those who are preparing for fall. So make sure you keep on the lookout for that one. And so without further ado, we are going to ask my sister Nina to join us on this call as she is a mother who is considering starting homeschooling this fall. So I thought it'd be perfect to, to have her share her thoughts onto why she is deciding that. Okay, so let's welcome Nina back from Mississippi. How are you doing, Nina? 
I'm doing good. Thanks for having me again. Good. How's the uh, how's the weather over there? Uh, it's actually really nice for May. We actually have had some very decent weather, so yeah, it's, it's it. pouring out right now here, <laughs> and we had snow like a couple days ago. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> so the background noise. How many kids do you have again? I have three, and now they're chasing each other. So that's okay. So Anita, Anita's going to jump in here, and we're going to um, do a quick recap, right? Yes. Of, of uh, part one, mm -hmm. and then uh, we'll jump into it. All right. So last week, if you haven't already listened, I think it's a good idea to go ahead and listen to that one. This episode will still make sense without it, but I felt like it was a good uh, foundation to what we're talking about here. So last week we talked about in general, why people tend to choose to homeschool. We also spoke on creating a vision for different aspects of your life, including, including homeschool, but also not limited to career, family, financial, and personal parts of your life where you create these goals in those aspects of your life and you have a vision for them. And, and from that, we discussed the importance of knowing your why behind those visions. And to sum it up, it's the foundation and helps you get through those really challenging times where you just wanna quit. Knowing your why reminds you why you're doing this. Like, why are you going through this headache? And it's not just homeschool, but even as simple as you set a goal to, to you want to lose, you know, this much weight. Well, if it's like, like you discussed a superficial reason of, oh, I just want to lose the weight. Well, to, you know, there's many times where people end up falling off the wagon a month into that goal, where if you keep it more of a deeper reason, like, I've got this in the long run that I have in mind for my health and I need to lower maybe these lab levels of, of um, blood pressure. Yeah, exactly. Or your cholesterol and all that. If you have a strong why, it'll keep you anchored to that goal. So we, we spoke on that last episode. And so this episode, I just wanted us to go over our specific reasons of why we chose to homeschool. And it's, it's a little more in depth than um, episode one, the decision, we, we spoke on that some, but this is kind of going more into detail of like our thought, press, thought process behind that. And in the end of this episode, I'll share with, after we've gone through all of our reasons, how it got us to creating our strong why after we've gone over all the many reasons why we want this for our family and we invited nina just because she is a parent that is looking into deciding to homeschool this coming up fall and i thought it'd be neat just to pick somebody's brain who is just now making that decision and i also thought that this was a good time of year to do this episode because May is typically when people are finishing up their school year and it's it's that perfect time where you're like okay do we want to keep on with the traditional school the brick and mortar or you know after summer do we want to 
consider homeschooling. So I thought this was a good episode to kind of help those that thought process and also to remind all of us who have been homeschooling why we're going to keep going through it and keep on with this decision. So I guess we'll start with Nina, right? Sure. And um, basically, if you can start off by sharing what even got you to even think about homeschooling because you and I, you know, we're sisters and nobody in our family has ever homeschooled and none of our friends have. So this is a very new concept in both of our lives, including Nathan, of course, too. So yes, how did you guys even think about homeschooling at all? Well, to go back to a little history, it actually started, um, we started talking about it around the time that we had um, our son. So this is a little over six years ago when we started considering homeschooling. <laughs> and I want, I want to say that it was more due to the fact that my husband was against um, the vaccinations, yeah. more why he wanted to do the homeschooling. Mm -hmm. And so I had thought about it then and we had tossed the idea around, but then when we were originally in Florida and when we moved to Mississippi and his job had him gone for like, you know, a month at a time. And mm -hmm. we were now going from one kid to three kids and I was losing my mind um, with, you know, three kids. <laughs> I said, they're going to go to a school. So they ended up being put into a preschool here that was awesome, a little Baptist preschool. And of course, Mississippi state laws require whatever you do with your kids, they all have to have vaccines, no matter what, sports, mm -hmm. school, daycare, everything requires immunization. So we ended up getting them all vaccinated. quickly updated and vaccinated. <laughs> and so that you can imagine that was like not the top priority at the time, but it, you know, to get them into the school, he agreed to that. And um, then it kind of came back up when uh, this is transfer season for us. Mm -hmm. And the military wife, in case you haven't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Military spouse. Sorry. Um, and we, I started discussing with my husband over the fact of our son is going to be ending kindergarten and what's going to happen next year because we're trying to stay in the area. And if we did, we want we definitely want to keep our girls in the preschool that they were at. Mm -hmm. But then it came to the fact that, well, the public school system and the private school system, do we want to send them, send him to either one of those for first grade? Mm -hmm. Well, we ended up finding out that we're staying in the area. So that was the deciding factor. Okay. So now we have to make a decision. Uh, public schools, we did not like. The school system that we're zoned for, it was just, you drive past it and my son is very much the follower more than the leader. So he tends to pick up on, you know, good or bad habits, he will follow with those. So like the only bad habit that he picked up in his other school was everything was poo-poo. You know, <laughs> like that was the thing, that was the bad thing that we had to break him up. And he taught his sisters, everything was poo-poo. And trying to discipline that with a straight face was very hard for me. So. And she's not eating glue. And no, exactly. Like, so, I was like, he at least picked up all the good habits, but that was the one bad habit that he picked up on, and I was fine with that. And we just had to break him of that. 
Um, but I was, you know, I'm more afraid of what would he learn in the public school system in this area? And those are, do I really want him to learn that and grow up that way? Mm-hmm. And then the private schools, even though they're good, it was too expensive. Yeah. So we decided, okay, let's do homeschool. And because then I can work on instilling the morals and values in my kid that I want him to learn. And also I'm finding that after this being thrown into the whole homeschool on the run thing with the quarantine, I discovered that with my four-year-old, she's already starting to read, which my son wasn't starting to read until he was probably five, close to six in kindergarten. And so she's going to be starting kindergarten this coming year. And she's already starting to read, which I was like, wow, that was like a huge thing for me. So that also reinforced, this is something that I can do. Mm -hmm. And it makes me feel good. Like for me as a mom, I've always, I used to be really hard worker. I have a culinary background. I worked in kitchens all the time. And so coming home and being a full-time mom, I didn't lose my culinary part because I was still getting to use it and you know, making videos of me cooking and things like that. So mm-hmm. I never felt like I actually lost that, but I felt like I lost like kind of my purpose of doing something and yeah. being able to teach my kids gives me a purpose of like feeling like I'm actually doing something good for my kids. And so... That's probably more of my why right there is like getting more involved and being able to teach my children the things that I want them to learn and not get so involved in the wrong things. Do you think you would have still done it if the coronavirus hadn't hit and you had to start doing it? Yes, because we had actually started, um, we had actually considered it before the coronavirus but once the coronavirus hit and it was like all three of them and it was complete chaos and having to adjust to the teachers uh, curriculum. curriculum, yeah, curriculum that they were trying to give to us. I felt like, I'm like, this is insane. This is hard. I feel like if it was just me doing it with just my son um, as planned and working on my schedule and my routine, it would be a, a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I feel like this also broke me in to knowing that, okay, this is going to be more doable once the fall comes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, it brings me to you. Hmm. So, in, in, our epi- in our first episode, we had talked about, you know, us deciding to homeschool, but it was more about how you brought it up to me and how I handled it, but we never really discussed how, like, why did homeschooling even come up in your mind? Because again, we weren't, that was like so foreign to us. And you just came to me one day and asked me if I would consider it, but why don't you share, like, where did you even get that thought process? Well, I had listened, uh, there's a podcast I listened to. It has nothing to do with homeschooling, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but he had somebody on that homeschooled their kids. And just listening to that episode kind of opened my eyes to it. And I, you know, they they talk a lot about um, the issues with the school system, Mm -hmm. the issues with the, uh, 
the schedule of a, you know, a normal school day. And uh, all of the, what really hit me was all the cool things that a kid could learn if they weren't wasting time with all the nonsense at a regular school. Nothing against regular schools. Look, I mean, there's people who go and they love it and that, and that's fine. But when I was, when I was listening, I was thinking, I'm like, you know how much time is wasted in a regular school? And it's not the teacher's fault. It's what has to happen a lot of times when you have 30 kids. Mm-hmm. You can't do what you do at homeschooling. So it's it's not their fault. Um, and I have to say this right now because half of more than half of our family are teachers. So if they listen to this, they'll get very <laughs> upset. <laughs> but seriously, um, it, it's not the teacher's fault. It's just the way that's what happens when you have that many kids packed into a room. Um, it takes a long time to go from one room to the next and to prepare them and get them settled down. And one of the things they mentioned on the podcast was how quick you can get a normal school day done with the stuff that you have to get done. And then after that, they can go and be kids and learn things that they're interested in. Um, and, you know, I took, I sat there and thought about that for quite a while. And I said, because my memories of school aren't the greatest. There's nothing wrong with it, but I think back and it was like just like I had to plow through each day. You know, I was a good student. I loved to learn, but I remember just sitting at a desk and be like, holy mackerel, just watching. I remember watching the clock. You're like, why is this day taking so long? That's even when I was younger, all the way up to high school. You're like, like this is just such a waste of time. Nobody's paying attention. Um, and it was such a long day. And by the time you're done, uh, you know, you get out and you have homework to do and especially living up starting you know up in uh, where I grew up in New England it's like by the time you know homework it's like pitch blackout in the, in the winter <laughs> yeah. by like five o'clock it's like pitch blackout and you're like well my whole day's shot now I can't do anything fun or anything I want to do um I always remember that I was just like this doesn't seem right you know and um after listening to the podcast uh it just all came back to me how much I was like, that's, you know, normal school, it really has a lot of, a lot of issues. Now, if you have the ability to, to homeschool, it sounds like a really cool idea. Um, and if they can be done by one, one o'clock in the afternoon, then, you know, they have all this time to go enjoy themselves, especially at this age where we, our kids are younger, go and be a kid go play outside and go explore. And in the meantime, they're learning as they're doing all this, mm-hmm. you know, now if you stick them in front of a video game, that's a different story. But if they go and get to be kids and use their imagination, which is a huge part of development, then I think it's, I think it's a wonderful thing. Um, and so that's where I had the idea. And then I went home and threw it at Anita and she said, absolutely not. <laughs> She's like, no way. There's no way I'm doing that. And she was a nurse at the time. She was really involved with her career. Yeah. And uh, it didn't even cross her mind that that would be, ever be something that we would do. Yeah. It hadn't crossed my mind either until I listened to that. And just, I had just mentioned to her how cool I thought it sounded. And uh, I don't know. It took almost, what, a year? I think it was more? two years. Two years yeah. after that? Yeah. So, yeah. Because, like you said, you brought it up. I was doing great. I loved my career. Uh, and up until that point, our, our oldest was still in the daycare pre-K stages. So school in general, they were, she wasn't really at the school level 
So my mind wasn't even quite there yet on thinking of like, <laughs> I guess I should have, but like the concerns in the education system, you know, I, I just wasn't thinking about that. I thought because of what, again, we were also zoned for not the greatest schools when we were living in Florida. So I just was like, we're gonna stick her in a private school, you know, and it's smaller and at least that she'll, you know, she'll get the religious aspect of that in there. And, and I was good with that. And because I was working, you know, the financial part was, was not, you know, a hindrance. I decided to put my career on hold and stay at home when our third child was born. I feel like that was like the first step towards homeschooling. I remember being pregnant with our third and I was bathing our, our second child and you know it's in the evening and I looked down at him and I felt like that was like the first time I was actually seeing him that day because I was at work all day they were at daycare our oldest was already now in elementary school and we I'd run around picking up all the kids from uh he's I'm picking him up from daycare when I get off work then I'm driving over to our parents' house and they were helping us out and picking her up from school because I couldn't even make it over there in time. So then I was going to their house to pick her up. We're getting home and it's, you know, it's like four o'clock in the afternoon and then we're rolling into the homework and the prepping dinner. And I'm like, I'm, I felt like, yeah, this is like the first time I'm seeing you, buddy, right here at, at half time. And I just realized, my how I didn't want life to be like that. I didn't want life with our kids to feel like that, where I was seeing them for the first time in the evening. And there's actually this Christian song by Johnny Diaz called Breathe. Are you familiar with it, Nina? Yes, I am actually, I love that song. <laughs> yeah, and that was like my jam those days. I remember before I had decided to, to resign from working and he sings about this frantic, crazy pace of life and how God is reminding us to slow down with him and just breathe. And it just like, it hit home for me every time. I'd be uh, driving in the car, doing that crazy run, picking up all the kids and it'd come on and I would just like start crying. And so that's when I finally was like, yeah, I think it's time to just make the decision to stay at home. So there's that first step, right? I cut off my career. I'm at home now, but I still am not homeschooling. And then at the same time, like I discussed in the past episode, I became the family nanny. So I had our two boys at home and then I had three more of, you know, nephews and niece. I feel like the next driving force was what we mentioned in our last episode of how our daughter was coming home from these long days at school and she'd still have to do air quote optional homework. I love it because a lot of districts are moving away from requiring homework like they're not allowing it so they just say this is optional but really what it was is that she was struggling in math so much that we still needed the extra practice so we had to do that when she got home they had spelling tests every friday so again we gotta study for those words to pass the spelling test every week yeah, the spelling test wasn't optional, but studying the words was optional for some reason. Uh, 
<laughs> Makes like, perfect sense. You, <laughs> right? How do you not assign homework? I mean, how are they supposed to pass this test without uh, studying these words? And these were not easy. I mean, I was posting them all over the house because I felt like we just didn't have enough time to go over it in these evenings that we have. Uh, reading books that had to come off of the AR list. AR is acceler Accelerated Reader. If your kids are in the brick and mortar school, you might be familiar with that term if you're interested in So, and then she would have to take tests on these AR books. So again, it's like she didn't even get the option of what books to read. We had to make sure it was off of this list. I remember being stressed like, is this an AR book? Is this her level? I need to make sure it's, you know, 1.2 level or, you know, moved up to this level now. And, I, I, all of that together. At that point is when I actually began to research homeschool and realized through my research that there were just so many other reasons why we should be homeschooling. And then this is where I just will go into our reasons, I guess, from here. But I just wanted to start off with how, like, how does anybody really, like, what what is it that gets you to make that initial decision? Like, how did you even come up with homeschooling? And you, and you took a year. And I took a year of yeah. research, yes. A year of research. Mm -hmm. So it took me two years from when you brought it up to me to actually then decide, yes, I want to start looking into homeschooling. And then I took a whole year to do that research so that I felt like good about it. Which, Nina, you started researching a couple months ago or has it been a good a good bit um i would say that actually diving into it because i started asking you questions about your homeschool curriculum mm -hmm. i think it was december yeah or so so mm -hmm. when i finally decided that this was what we were going to do i basically dove into it but it took us a while because we started discussing it six years ago and then yeah. my husband and i would just kind of go back and forth and be like yeah, we should do this, and this would be awesome if we did this, and yeah, that's really good, and you know, we'd be, he'd be talking about it with his family, and his mom would be like, no, that's a horrible idea, and all of this stuff, and I was like, okay, so now we got to that point where we need to make a decision of what we're gonna do, and once I decided that this is what I wanted to do, I basically told him this is what we're doing. <laughs> he's, he's like, okay. And now he's warmed up to it. And we're, especially now with the coronavirus and having to have done it, he's actually seen firsthand what I've been doing with the kids and how they've been progressing. And it's actually opened him up to be like, okay, yes, we can do this. And he's getting all excited about how we're going to start stocking up our library with all these books and we're, our kids will be reading every like we have all these little dreams and goals in mind um yeah. and we'll, we'll be slowly building up our classroom because right now it's just a complete jumbled up mess that we had to it was slowly in the process of being made but we had to put it on hold while we had to like get all of this situated now but one, this summer we're going to dive into it more and get more prepared for the actual homeschool that we've got going, yeah. which I'm excited. I'm actually excited about. I don't know 
And my son, he's all excited too. I go, so where are you going next year for first grade? He goes, I'm going to miss mommy's class. I go, that's right. <laughs> so if anyone asks you, you're going to miss mommy's class next year. <laughs> there is a plus to starting young with them because I, I feel like sometimes it's a little easier for them to accept that transition. But even with our oldest, she had done K through second in the brick and mortar and she still just went right in with that transition. But I could see how if you're considering it with older kids, there might be a, a, a little bit more on the pushback if, if they, especially if they're really enjoying school. Because our daughter was enjoying her, her school and we love that school too. But she still, I feel like, is that age where she was more open and, and I feel like they've really enjoyed it. They have. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so, so, yeah, we'll just start naming some of the, these reasons that maybe some of our listeners will be like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, we share that same point. Or somebody who's considering homeschooling, maybe hopefully it'll be another reason why to push you forward into that decision. So after discussing how many hours they spend at school, naturally the teachers end up being the adult that molds your children. I, I mean, we want, so to me, it was just that alone is like, you want to be the ones to raise your kids and shape them yourselves and not a stranger. And there are some really great teachers out there. So this is not knocking our teachers, but we are their parent and I feel like we will always be what is best for them. And again, the teacher has to struggle also with 20 to 25 other kids in that class. So there's only so much that they could do as far as working with your child and shaping them. The next is the freedom to tailor their learning environment and curriculum is more ideal. We have discussed that in so many episodes. So that point alone of just being able to create what you want for your child. And Nina, I even noticed in this short time that you've had to homeschool, suddenly homeschool, I've just even noticed that I always knew that you and I were very different in some ways and you're very creative. And I just loved seeing how you were letting that side of you um, flourish with your kids. Like you've done a lot of creative projects with them. You have done, um, I feel like you'll probably be a little bit more flexible than I am in your schooling, but that it's going to work beautifully with your family because that's how your personality is. So yeah, that's what I mean. Like, Hey, and I think that you even enjoy that. Like you've said that you love doing the projects and, and bringing that into your curriculum. Yeah, I'm very hands-on and I'm very much a visual learner. Yeah. So in order for me to be able to teach, I feel like that's how I have to teach with my kids is visually or hands-on. And I hope that they will grasp it the same way. Now, if they don't, then I'll figure it out as we go along. But I feel yeah. like my teaching style is more hands-on. Yeah. And I've noticed that, I think it's really neat. So that, that there's a beauty in that with homeschooling that you can decide what you wanna do with your learning environment, which is really neat. And it's, I feel like most of the time gonna be way better than the other option. As Leonardo da Vinci stated, study without desire 
spoils the memory and it retains nothing that it takes in. So I just feel Sorry, like that's my entire academic career. Yeah. Growing up. <laughs> <laughs> when you should have. I just remember, I just remember somebody groaning on. That's about all I remember. <laughs> about stuff I didn't care about. <laughs> Did you <repeat> nothing? No. <laughs> no, it's an exaggeration, but I mean it's very true. It is. When when you when you actually love what you're learning, it sticks. So yeah, so making that environment for them to where they love to learn. We even talked about that in the last episode. You you spoke on that, which is I mean, even for adults, we say that all the time. We you want to have a desire to learn in order for it to stick. Along with the freedom, we also have the luxury of time with our kids to raise them, to be self-thinkers and build self-reliance, which I feel is really important. And in part one of last week, we had mentioned that we noticed some bad habits forming in our oldest daughter when she was in traditional school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she got, you could tell she was very used to asking a million questions on a problem until she, until she broke you down for you to give her the answer. And you could tell us what she had been doing at school. And it was really frustrating because um, she, uh, she would you know, whine a little bit. Yes. And then just keep saying, I, I don't know what you, I don't know what you mean. And I'm like, I haven't even finished explaining it yet. How do you, how can you even say that? But she just was like a robot knowing that if she said it enough, that the teacher was going to give her the answer. So we caught that real early and we, um, we changed it really quick. Yeah. We, weren't, we weren't going to give her that option again, not, not thinking about the, the problem and just hoping somebody else would help her get the answer. So um, that, that was a big one that we noticed. Uh, the self-reliance that makes me think of the German article. Oh uh, yeah, there's an article that we'll post, but uh, Anita found it was it was cool that uh, just in in Germany and it was coming from somebody uh, from the United States that was living over there, and they uh, they realized how much more freedom that that culture gives to their kids at a younger age, and in the end they end up being very um, self reliant mm -hmm. because of that. So instead of like the hovering mom at the playground who's like following the kid around the entire time they like sit off on the bench and let their kids just i mean if they're in sight like they're letting them you know wander off into the into the woods but uh you know they're over on the bench letting the kid explore the playground by himself or they noticed also that if the kids kids were uh, arguing um they were allowed to kind of um, figure it out on their own more so at least this person felt more so over there than um, the United States. But uh, that, I think that's a good point that there's more to education than uh, memorizing things. Yeah. You know, a big part yeah. of education and growing up is learning how to be self-reliant, learning how to think for yourself, learning how to learn. Because that's a big thing. I know it sounds silly, but learning how to learn is very important. You know, um, learning is not staring at a whiteboard and listening to someone drone on. Like I say, learning is finding something you're interested in and then researching it and going down rabbit holes to figure out, to figure this stuff out and then, you know, becoming proficient at it. 
because it's something that you enjoy learning. Um, but for me, self-reliance is more than just looking at the books. It's um, learning how to be responsible. Do they learn that at school? I don't think so. I, I mean, nobody ever taught me that at school. It was just here, listen to me, then march off to your next class. You know, responsibility is things that we teach them at home. Like, this is something you have to do before you we move on to the next thing. This is something you have to do before you can eat dinner tonight. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is your responsibility or the dog dies because he doesn't get to eat. <laughs> so, you better, so you better go feed the dog and give him water. So, you know, and I think that's very important to start at a young age and even chores, like chores in the middle of the day. You know, a lot of times we, you didn't get to do that stuff because when they come home from school, they're so tired. Yes. We didn't want to ask her to do anything just like just go outside and play Mia, yeah. you know, just go outside and play and enjoy yourself after the homework. She had like 30 minutes before we had to start back. And now it's, we can incorporate responsibilities throughout the entire day. That's part of being an adult. If anyone hasn't noticed, a lot of, a lot of younger folks don't know how to be adults at an age where they absolutely should be able to take care of themselves but they have the mentality of somebody five to six years younger than what they actually are because they've never been given responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know, they've never been reprimanded for certain things that they've done because they, at the school system, they, again, they, they don't have the time or the people to sit there and raise kids. They don't, mm -hmm. it's your, it's a responsibility of the parent, yep. but when you don't see them for the majority of the day, it's, it's a lot harder to do that than it is when you're homeschooling. Mm -hmm. yep. I can completely agree with that. Just being home. I know I've been a full-time mom since probably a four-year-old was born mm -hmm. and we never really relied on my income for helping out around the house. So that is, that has never been an issue for us, mm -hmm. but being home all the time, even just being here, I didn't get to really spend much time with them because I was always so busy trying to get caught up on housework and getting them to school and doing their little activities. And during this time, I was able to actually, like Anita said, see my kids for the first time, which is odd since I was here the whole time. But um, it also, that whole responsibility and disciplining your children, I've actually been able to do more of with my kids since we've been home all the time. And even this morning, my son was throwing an attitude with me and I asked him to hand me my, hand me the TV remotes and he just threw them on the table and wouldn't give it to me. And I said, no, you're going to give them to me. And it was, you know, a stand, stand down where he was just staring at me like, no. It's okay, Nina. She's giving us this freaked out face because she feels bad. <laughs> Wait. You can't, you can't build a house without a hammer. <laughs> That's right. Yes. And now I'm like losing my train of thought. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but discipline is something I think is important. Right. If you're starting them off at a young age, even if something as simple as what a little kid does starting at that young age is better because those little problems are going to become bigger problems as they get older. Sure. And that's something that I want to instill on them at a young age. And I feel that I can do that now because I'm with them all the time now. You have the time. It's all about time. Exactly. And, and 
like you said, Nathan, yeah, when, when they, before it was like, you felt bad asking them for one more thing because they had nothing left in them by the end of the day. And we had nothing left in us to really like push it. That's true too. You're exhausted. You're like, forget it. Yeah. Yeah. Forget you just, it. Give it. just go outside. But and you didn't want to ask them like, Hey, uh, you need to go clean the bathroom. It's, it's Wednesday night. You know, it's you clean the bathroom tonight, mm -hmm. your bathroom. We do that now. Yeah. You know, it's their responsibility, responsibility to keep their own bathroom clean. You know, the, the little one, he goes in, uh you know dumps the trash out of there and then and then um our older one she wipes down the sink and all that kind of stuff so not stuff we had time or the energy to do um necessarily when they were going to school or that we wanted to ask them to do because mm -hmm. um, of, of the time frame but time is time is like your biggest commodity in life mm -hmm. you know you only have so much of it you can't buy more it's extremely important that if you know how you structure your day to utilize your time and with homeschooling you it's like you've been given back all the, these hours the, the days still fly by but you can fit more things that you want to into the day mm -hmm. exactly and it and with all this basically you've got that time to build life skills and have these real world experiences with them where i felt like we didn't before so the chores, I feel like we have more time now to, uh, with cooking, like our mm -hmm. oldest is cooking. It's her, pa it's her passion. It really is. Like yeah. it's all she ever wants to do. So now as when school's done at a decent time, like at like one, one in the afternoon, she'll go bake. And now the other day, and a lot of that has to do with you, her aunt, Yes. Her TT. <laughs> Yay! She watches you and then she tries to emulate you. She really does, mm -hmm. which is awesome. But she'll go and the other day she tried to write her own recipe. She, oh, I love it. Yeah, she bakes She bakes everything that you send us recipe-wise. But the other day she wanted to make her own smoothie, like from scratch. And I was like, okay, go for it. And um, But then she, she went into it like to, to write down her own recipe to put into her recipe book. So she's really getting into it, but there's time for that. Yes. When she got home, she got home from school at, you know, we got home at four o'clock in the afternoon and we had to start cooking. She would never have a chance to bake except maybe on the weekend. Mm -hmm. And now she does it in the day. I know your husband likes to shoot. Yep. I do too. Um, but the kids have BB guns here and we have a big enough piece of property where they can go out and shoot out back. So we go shoot the other day and guess what? I get to teach him gun safety. You know, and, awesome. I, and, and to me, those things are just as important as learning out of a book, mm -hmm. life lessons, how to handle a firearm and be safe with it, you know, how to shoot. Like I, those are things that are very important to me to, to these kids, to, for these kids to grow up with. Mm -hmm. and, you, and you can incorporate that into the day. With older kids, we're not there yet, but you even have more opportunity if you're homeschooling to have them volunteer and be a part of the community, which I think is really neat and important. I, I can't wait till we can get to that age. Cause right now there's not a whole lot of opportunity for younger kids to volunteer, but I think that that's really important. So if you have older kids, there's that's another beauty in that time that is given back to you. Well, what did we do with our daughter a couple months back? She baked cookies mm -hmm. and then we right. brought them to the nursing home. Yep, can't do that now, but. <laughs> no. <laughs> But we did, and yeah, and so we, we are trying to show them in other ways. And then we also uh, 
through our church project, we made fleece blankets for winter time for the for the needy who don't. Yes. So we took the kids and they uh, we were sewing um, like double layered fleece blankets together, and then they were distributing them to the homeless here in Cleveland area. So the kids got to participate in that. Um, and just these are things that are again just as or more important than book learning. Yeah, and that actually remember got a, a, a spark of interest in her. She was like, maybe I can uh, start doing blankets on the side for a business. <laughs> well, it, which turned into one day she'd like to open a bakery and use some of the and, and then use some of the money to um, donate for homeless. And that was just from that one activity that, that like sparked her interest in that. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I was proud. So another great reason for us is that we can show them, teach them and research options for a variety of career paths that I feel like when we had graduated school, I didn't know a whole lot of, about all the career options out there. And I thought really college was the only option to go. Yeah, that was actually one of the big things, uh, the podcast too, that's, that originally sparked my interest was uh, um, the career options. So me growing up, I think same as you, I don't know how about you, Nina, but um, I don't remember ever being exposed to different, many different careers. It was like the typical careers. And then the, the really the big path was you're going to go to college and then you'll figure out what you want to do. And now that you know, I'm an adult, you know, at least age-wise, um, <laughs> that I'm learning all the different career paths that are out there. And I always, I, I said, tell us, Nia, I wish somebody had exposed me to those when I was growing up. Because I always had this, um, this idea, I'm a very adventurous person, so I'll, I'll, like the typical career didn't really spark my interest too much you know, and for me to be able to give that or, and me and, you know, need to be able to give that to the kids, like this, open this whole world up. Like there are so many ways to make money out there and enjoy your job. If you just knew about them when you were young, your whole, your whole world could be different, mm -hmm. you know, especially now, you know, even when we were growing up, podcasts weren't a thing, but if you want to do a podcast, if, hey, if you work hard enough and do it well enough, one day there's people who make money doing that. You know, it's not a hobby for them. It's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's, they, they make money doing that, but they put a lot of work into it, mm -hmm. but it's something that you could do. Um, you know, her blogging. blogging. I mean, that, that was, that wasn't even, that was the thing, but I didn't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever exposed me to that. You know, she wants to, she, she's dead set on opening a, a bakery, <laughs> but there's so many different things she can do. You know, it's not just opening like a brick and mortar bakery. Now it's like the options are like endless. So you could sell your stuff everywhere on the internet. You can ship fresh food. You can um, do a whole blog on just, there's people who make money blogging about their baking, mm -hmm. you know, taking photos and be, becoming really good at photography and then posting that stuff. So they don't teach you that stuff at school. No. They do not teach you alternate career paths at school. They just push college. And we both have degrees. So he's coming from people who went to school. So do you, Nina. But we all have degrees. 
I am not 100% sold that everybody needs to go to college. Absolutely not. Yeah. Like there are so many different things that you can do as a career that don't involve college. But if you're not exposed to it, you just don't know. You just think I have to go to school and spend $40,000. And when I'm done, it's magically going to, a job is magically going to appear that I make tons of money doing and I love. <laughs> not the case. <laughs> not the case. So that's a huge, huge part of this for me is that we can expose them to so many different things that they realize that there's there that there's so much out there for them yeah and doing so you can even plan field trips to visit different career paths uh, on instagram i have uh this one girl that we followed it's and it's called epic family fun you can check her out on instagram or for her website and um, one of her posts one day, she mentioned that they like doing occupational quests where each month they explore one occupation and learn hands-on what the job is all about. I think that is so cool. Like even to just for that month, not even just going to visit it, which would be cool if you could at the end of the month, but spend that, you know, maybe one day a week that you explore that occupation if you did that, you know, over the course of the years, I mean, imagine all the fields that your kids would be exposed to. So I thought that was a great idea. I'll, I'll link her site in our show notes, but I, I wanted to share that one because that's neat. And it doesn't even have to be something that the kids, you necessarily want the kids to do one day or they want to do one day. It just exposes them to, oh, wow, there's somebody that does this job. Oh, wow. This is how, if you go like to a farm, this is how food ends up on my table. I wish I was exposed to agriculture when I was younger. I wasn't exposed to it until I was in high school. And then I went and worked on a, uh, you know, a, um, a farm. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I probably would have, if I, if I had been involved with it more, that's probably what I would have gone to college for. Yeah. That's how much I enjoy it now. But, uh, you know, just to expose them to different things in, in the world that they'll never, ever hear about in school is an amazing ability. Yeah, I love that because even with me, because I switched majors a couple times in college. So, you know, that <laughs> started off in health and nutrition and ended up in culinary arts. And it like, and even now, um, do I really even use what I've learned most of the time? Aside from the basic skills in culinary, probably not. And I've actually, you know, bit, I opened up an Etsy shop. So even Etsy, you can sell anything on there that you are interested and have a passion for and put out there. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, possibilities are endless. And I didn't figure that out until, sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> We, we all have tons of kids. Anyone that's listening to the show has kids. Yeah. It's okay. Yes. Okay. Um, but you say that, but you, your whole life, you, you're still involved with everything that you went to school for. You're super into health and nutrition. You're True. the best baker we know. <laughs> well, thank you. All the goodies that our daughter makes comes from you. Um, and now you get to use that knowledge to teach your own kids. You know, with uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is really cool. So um, it, it, it's not it's not that you don't utilize it. It's you might not use it to make money right now. Make money right now, but I think I think passing that on to your kids. Sorry, guys. 
Okay. Yeah. Meltdown? <laughs> yes. Three year old. Is she just following you around? <laughs> yes. I'm trying to like run away from her. As you move. Yeah. <laughs> like, go away. <laughs> I know, poor Nina. We were like, we convinced her to do it during the day. And I knew that this was going to be a battle, but I we weren't going to be able to tonight. So we, we, we risked it. It's okay. And it's because you're your husband's out, you know, being in the military, he's out again. So you're, yep. you're being a single parent. You're doing great though. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> My next point is I love having a flexible schedule to homeschooling. The daily schedule and then working out, working around events, appointments, all that has been so awesome where it's so, just so different from when you have to, follow the school schedule all year round. We get to vacation when we want to. And um, we even like, when we go on vacation, sometimes in the, I, I've already done this, I think almost every trip we've gone on, I'll bring the schoolwork with us and we'll actually get a little bit of schoolwork on our vacation so we don't fall too far behind. But at the same time, we get to go and enjoy ourselves. And we can go on times of the year when the whole rest of the world isn't on vacation. Yes. <laughs> and you don't have to be, uh, you know, a slave to this, the, uh, the public school schedule. Yeah. Right. You know, so, um, and people say, why would you want to do schoolwork on a vacation? Well, we don't just have to take a two week vacation now. And that's like all you get all year. You, you know, we go here and there now. Mm hmm. So we still take the schoolwork because we still have an entire um, summer planned. Yeah. So we keep up with it so we can keep the typical schedule that, that we've set up for ourselves, but we can still go like visit family for a week or so and not fall behind on school where it cuts into like the summer vacation that we've planned out. Right. You know? Yep. Yeah. That that has been one of like my favorite things because I just think that that's so important. I remember it used to be so hard to schedule vacationing because you, Nathan, are totally against going or flying anywhere, driving anywhere when it is a holiday. So no, that's the rule. That's a, that's a rule written in stone. This guy does not travel on a regular holiday when, when everybody else is traveling. It's a good. I am a lot like you. I don't know why people put themselves through that. Like, yeah, it's good. It's vacation. Let's go sit in traffic for five hours to go visit family when everybody else is doing the same thing or get on a plane when the airport's a, like a, a zoo. It, I've, I've realized I'd rather take vacation, you know, typically we, we, or travel like two weeks before that happens or two weeks after that happens or some random time. Yeah. And then I like to be in my own home for Christmas, not stuck at an airport and the, the airport doesn't know where my luggage went. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yep. I'm the same way. <laughs> and then you come home and have the flu because you're on the plane with a bunch of sick people during, uh, during, flu, season. during flu, flu season. Yes. So that's my plan and I'm sticking to it. It worked out well for me. The last time I, I diverted from that plan, everything I just mentioned happened. Everything. It was terrible. Stuck in traffic, got sick. Yes. Was that that stomach flu? That was it. That was, that was it. Yep. That was the one. <laughs> 
But that's my point is that everybody's on vacation at the same time because they're at the mercy of the school schedule. And that's the only time they get to go. Because yeah. you aren't allowed to pull your kids out of school for more than like three days in a row. Or the, without... police, or the police come and knock on your door. Yes. You have to have an excused absence. And that's your kid. You have to have an excused absence <laughs> for the government to allow you to take your own child. That's another thing. But we'll get, I don't think we need to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> we want to include that on this podcast. No. That's <laughs> door right there. <laughs> but yeah, and then even for um, the military families, I feel like it's it's wonderful to have that flexibility for even when if you have a spouse that deploys or have a spouse that goes on this weird schedule of uh, you know gone a month on a month like yours or even for when they get assigned these long trainings for a couple weeks that you can cater your school so when they're gone you guys are at it with school you know and then when they're home once they've gotten their downtime of course because <laughs> they need a little breather but you can have days off together and and catch up on that lost time that you had so I feel like even that with that, the again, the flexibility can win there. And even with all of the transitions that we have of moving around, there's that consistency that our kids will get as a military family of, okay, they already have to change their life every couple of years. For some branches, it's more frequent than that. So we can give them the consistency of their school career where at least they know that that will stay you know, true throughout all of these changes. I, I think, I yeah. think, a mil- I'm sorry, sorry, go ahead, Nina. Oh, I was just going to say, and you also don't have to worry about looking into the school systems whenever you transfer, because you might end up in an area that has horrific schools, and mm-hmm. you'll be at the mercy of that. And yep. Yes, you know, you're right, especially yeah. if we have any military families listening, it's, it's even harder for us, because we'll get plopped anywhere. Yeah. And it's not always your, it's, it's never really your choice. You, you try, but it's never really your choice. And you're right, it could be somewhere terrible with the school system. And, and for us, that's every four years, you're rolling the dice where your kids are going to be. And then you have, the, you have the private school system, but it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, we did exactly. that. You know, you did that. It's very expensive. That was when we were paying for one kid. Yeah. And the private school system. We have three, and, and a lot of homeschoolers have more than that. And uh, the ability to, that's, to not have to worry about that every time we move, every couple of years, that's amazing, too. And like you said, every four years, those kids are getting a different influence. If you plop them in a public school system as a military family, and you don't know what influence that's going to be. Yeah. And it's rough on them, too. They never have, you know, they're never, they're never going to have a, a consistent you know, um, an academic career, mm-hmm. but homeschooling allows you to do that. Yeah, exactly. What, so now that we've been homeschooling, the, this was just a couple of things. I didn't even know that we're going to be additional perks until we started homeschooling. And that was, I love watching and getting to witness just how they learn. I'm sure, Nina, you're just now starting to see that on like, oh, this is the type of learner you are. I never knew that. You know, I was just getting the homework and trying to figure out what am I supposed to do with this? And then 
and, and just like not a clue. I really didn't know how my kids learned until we started homeschooling, which has been so cool. Oh yeah. It's been like with, no, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say, I just, I know that one of the things you had told me when this suddenly homeschooling started was that you realized your oldest was like memorizing books. And yes, very much so. <laughs> so he would actually learn the true, you know, true, truly reading. <laughs> right. So that was one thing I feel like you already got to see. I love seeing our family bond strengthen. I feel like that has really strengthened ever since we started homeschooling and not just the sibling bonds and the sibling interaction has improved so much in a year, but even as like a family as a whole, wouldn't you say, I feel like that has just. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And that's not to say that there aren't rough days. There's not days that you're, you know, frustrated. Um, but in general, like the family bond has absolutely strengthened. The, the sibling bond has strengthened. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, they've learned responsibility because a lot of, I mean, they help each other now. Yeah. You know, we went into the garage. I was wondering where the kids were the other day. I went in the garage and all three of them are sitting on top of my four wheeler. <laughs> the little one with the helmet on in the garage. <laughs> Mia was reading them a story. That is awesome. Yeah, and they were just, she was just sitting there reading them a book on top of the four-wheeler, and they were just hanging out <laughs> together, and it was, it was cool. Um, and another really cool thing um, was the, the little one, the two-year-old, uh, he, I was getting ready to give him a bath, and I pulled his shirt over his head and just had it like over his head, like it was around his top of his head, like hanging down like a hat. And he, I showed, I looked, I showed him in the mirror, and he said, "I'm like ancient Egypt." <laughs> he looked like a pharaoh with the t-shirt, but it's because they've been reading an ancient Egypt book. This is a two-year-old picking up on this stuff. It's amazing. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the stuff you don't know until you actually start homeschooling that the, the cool stuff that pops up and you're like, this is really cool. Yeah. You know, what they're, what they're picking up just would not happen if he was at like a daycare. Yeah. Yeah. My, my three-year-old actually, every night I read the girls a story cause they go to bed at the same time. And then my three-year-old has to read to me, which I mean, she's not reading, but she's looking at the pages of the book and telling me a story from the pictures. Sure. And I think that's pretty awesome because the other two didn't really do that at yeah. that age. So she's picked up on that. Yeah. They get encouraged when they see their older two learning and wanting to learn and, and being instructed. And they would have never witnessed their older siblings doing that if they weren't homeschooled. <laughs> no. no we, t- we tell the older ones, you know, especially the older one, the, the, our, our little girl, but that, uh, she has to show them how much she loves, you know, um, learning because she's going to be a big influence on them. And when she gets really into learning, the other two, you can see the other two get really into it as well. And they'll even, they'll even like battle over telling us things that they learned that day. If, yes. I, if I come home from work and I'm like, hey, tell me something new, they get really excited and one wants to, one, one wants to try to jump in front of the other, trying to tell me something they learned that day. And uh, or if I ask a question about something that they were going over, they'll try to fight over. It gives me the answer because they're really excited about learning. Mm-hmm. 
it's, it's been awesome to see that. And, and don't get me wrong, life is still busy oh, as absolutely. a homeschooling family, but it's busy in a different way where I feel like we have more quality time, which is the key word there, to, that quality time together now. And I think that that is where that change happens, where, yeah, we can still be busy, but it's a different busy. And we didn't have that, that quality time before. It just, it was hard to get it besides the two days on the weekend, really. So these were basically all of the reasons I feel like we chose to homeschool. And that's, I feel like that list is just gonna ever keep growing, you know? Of course. And from these reasons, we highlighted our top ones that we feel are like the core to our family's homeschool vision. And this is what those top reasons basically have created our strong why, or AKA, I've heard others say mission statement that we created for our family. And that statement is to raise well-rounded, resilient kids with minds of explorers. That's what we came up with, yep. but I think I, I think it's helpful for everybody to do that for themselves, and it gives you a kind of a baseline of you know what you're striving for. And for us, it was that it's a well-rounded kid. I don't we do we don't want kids that are just well. You're really good at this one thing, but you barely know how to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. That's great. I got all A's in school, but I don't even know how to do my own laundry. Well, congratulations. <laughs> I got all A's in school but I can't look somebody in the eye and present a project to them or have a discussion with them because I've never learned communication because the school never made me do that. And all I've done is look at my iPhone for the last 10 years, you know, growing up. Um, those are things we do in school. It might not always be like in your house. Like we said, that is with other activities, like before we do 4-H where they have to do presentations, sports, whatever activities you want your kids to be involved in. Um, Resilient kids. I, I say these things because I work with a lot, a lot of younger adults in the military, you know, that come in. Re resiliency is be able to bounce back when things don't go your way. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of kids who have never, you can tell they've never been told no or told that they suck at something. <laughs> and we tell them a lot. <laughs> and you can tell they get really offended and their little feelings get hurt. I'm like, welcome. It's like, welcome to the real world, man. Yeah. Like, this is not not because I don't like you, but you have to know that you're not very good at this, and that should that should push you to get better. Yeah. And I want my kids to be like that. I want them to be able to be able to take a knock on the chin and say, pull their boots back on and, and get back up and and try again harder this time. I think that's very important in life. It doesn't matter if you like I said, if you get straight A's in school, if you can't handle yourself in the real world or um, take failure, right? And then we said minds of an explorer. That's part of what I said is that in school, they didn't really open the world up to, to me at least at all. I want that. I want the whole entire world to be open to them. And I want them to have a mind of explorer to where they just want to go out and explore the entire world, everything that they're interested in and know that it's very possible. If they get into something, the things that they can go do with that are endless. As long as they're willing to work for it, it's not going to be easy, but uh, that, that stuff is out there. And I don't ever, ever want, want them to stop learning and exploring the world because that's the, one of the, that's the beauty of life. Mm -hmm. 
So that's what we came up with. But I would suggest uh, I, I thought it was cool and fun for us to do. I know I know a lot of homeschool like um, veteran homeschoolers already have this to do this already, yeah. but we hadn't. So um, we took the time to sit down and do it, and um, I think it's something we'll look back on, you know, every school year and and make sure we're on track. Yep, and that's this is what I'm gonna now post in our schoolroom next to my desk, so that I have now our why this is our our strong why and this is what i'm going to stare at on those very difficult challenging days that we talked about last episode and and this is what's going to help me get back on track like this is why i'm doing this this is why it's worth it this is when i'm questioning why you know why 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 i'm going to look at that and remember okay this is our end goal that we're trying to get to so I want to challenge everybody else if they haven't already come up with their family's homeschool mission statement or strong why to create that and and put it up however it is you want whether it's just the statement or um if if you make the the vision board like we discussed last last episode but something along the lines that you can just stare at as a great reminder i don't know have you gotten the chance yet nina to create yours um, no, to be honest, I haven't really, but I did, uh, before when the whole quarantine started, I found this really cool quote that I had written up on our little chalkboard that said, the only one who can change your future is yourself. Like yeah. you are the key to the future. Mm -hmm. And Very so cool. that was, that was kind of like what I had in the classroom for a while. And my husband yeah. was like, oh, well, look at you <laughs> already putting up a that's there. actually very close to one of my favorite quotes by um, Abraham Lincoln. He said, the, the, the best way to predict your future is to create it. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. And which is, uh, you know, I think people should live by, but very, very cool. You had you have that up in your classroom? N not anymore, but I did. Uh, okay. it, got, it got erased, but I got to <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to make it more permanent. <laughs> yeah, I know, because, you know, they come and they erase things, so. Of course. <laughs> so, yeah, and just a little side tip that I, I wanted to throw out there. It's, it's going to sound r random, but I had thought of it, and I was like, oh, I want to make sure I share this. But I feel like it helps to have a curriculum and daily activities that align with your purpose or the why of your homeschooling to help sustain it. So for example, something as basic as like the homeschool method that you think you'd like to follow or at least kind of follow even if it's not to the T or the way that you want to teach your kids. Determining that usually aligns with that why that you, that you have set. So for us, Charlotte Mason method, helps us meet the goal of raising well-rounded individuals that we talk about. So just think of that when you're choosing your curriculum and those activities. And I feel like it'll, if you do that, it'll help you stay on track with that long-term goal that you have in mind. But other than that. And we're very, sorry, real quick, we're very heavy on before this, all, all this stuff happened, very big on um, taking them to museums of all different kinds. And yeah. that was part of the minds of explorers, you know, mm -hmm. and well-rounded, like, look, I, you know, I don't know anything about art, but we take, she takes them to the art museum. 
in, in Cleveland to learn about art. We take them to all the museums Cleveland has to offer to just open all the stuff up to them. I'm not into it. Maybe, maybe they're into art. Turns out our son is. Yep. And um, <laughs> that's what he does all the time now. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, so that's how we incorporate our, our vision into the actual homeschooling curriculum. Yeah, I did actually write that down. I forgot to mention it, but yeah, it goes along with those field trips. Mm -hmm. The reason why you do field trips is to immerse them into these other environments and something that they may pick up that they really like. So yeah, we're, I forget about. Well, I like to expose them to things, just not just that we're into. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't just seem to be like what you, what the parents are into because then that closes that, that that's very closed minded, mm -hmm. open their eyes up to everything. Yeah. And in the meantime, you're going to learn something too. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Which is very cool. So, but no, that's all I have. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Anything else, Nina? <laughs> um, no, not really. Aside from the fact that I've learned that my son had loves Legos and building. So, and See? he's, he's hands-on like me. And I realized that my three-year-old is very much into drawing and she, really? um, I've have murals that I've painted on all three of their bedroom walls mm -hmm. and my three-year-old had taken a paintbrush with nothing on it but was standing <laughs> on the top bunk going over what I had painted and I asked her are you painting she goes yes I'm painting <laughs> wow that's so cool <laughs> so I'm like huh that's nice yeah so, again huh. and you get to witness that you've got that time with them right to see that which is that, yeah I love that that's that's neat <laughs> yep that's it all right well if after hearing these last two episodes and you aren't already homeschooling and we finally convinced you to homeschool then check out episode two which is getting started and that will help go through the different steps that i personally took to get embark on this homeschool journey so you finally made the decision now what episode two helps you get through those that step process. And I'm also hoping that over the summer, I'll create that we can create some episodes that dive into the different methods and philosophies of homeschooling that are out there, as well as organi organization. So getting ready for the, the new school year to start and, and do an episode on tips for that. So, so basically stay tuned for those over the summer, but yeah, that's it. All right. Well, Nina, you enjoy the rest of your day. Tell the kids uh, we said hi. <laughs> I will. Thank you. All right. Thanks for joining us. We love you. Love you. Love you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Homeschool Project Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or suggestions that we can discuss on the show, send us an email at thehomeschoolprojectpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Goodbye, everyone.